The Tanya for the third of Tavis. First, a story. When the Alter, when the Baal Shemta first moved to Mezibush, he was met with a lot of um, opposition. People were not thrilled and they didn't understand. Remember, this is right at the beginning of the Baal Shemta's um, leadership. And he was met with a lot of criticism and a lot of difficulties. There were many people who began following him. They appreciated what the Baal Shemta stood for, but it wasn't, it, it was a slow process. And a lot of people were very difficult at the beginning. To such a degree, when the Baal Shemta made his sukkah, there were many people who confronted the Baal in his own sukkah, claiming that his sukkah was possible. And everyone was waiting to see how the Baal would respond. And the Baal put his hands on his head and he remained that way for a while. And then the Bashanta stood, and the Bashanta lifted his head up and he presented a piece of paper that no one had noticed. And on it, it said that this sukkah belonging to the Bashanta, Rishon Bashanta, is kosher. And people had no idea where this paper came from. And it was signed by a malach. So they realized this paper had come from Shemaim. It, 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 was, it was an amazing event that had taken place. And this paper became very treasured in the Bashanta's family many years after Bashanta passed away. In fact, the Degel Machana Yehuda, a descendant of the Bashanta, many times over, five generations later, kept this paper and he would use it for people that were sick to such a degree that any person that was sick in his city for two years straight, not a single one of them died because the Degel Machana Yehuda would put the piece of paper written by a Malach that Bashanta presented under their pillow and they would have a refuge slim. And at one point, it vanished. And everyone was sure that someone had grabbed it or, or taken it or misplaced. And they were searching all over. And they came to the Machan, and he said, that's the, the same way Shemaim had given that letter, the, the Shemaim had taken it back. And it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't findable at this point. It's a beautiful story. But the Chama said like this. That We're explaining the descent of Torah. That a person could learn Torah and they could um, connect to Hashem. It, that a brilliant idea of the contraction of Torah, like Torah from a high level coming down to a low level, only occurs in this world. But in the higher worlds, where the tzaddikim in, in Ghanada are learning from Torah, this connection to Torah that we ex we experience in this world has absolutely no correlation. And we're, we're not, they're not able to experience, experience this and to such a degree that we say that in the, in the world to come, when a person passes away, they only get a ziv, a, a ray from the actual Shekhinah, but the Shekhinah itself, they can't, how can a person connect to Hashem? Uh, how can a Shama connect to Hashem and understand Hashem's wisdom? They only get a, a piece of it, a taste of it, a, a, a ray of it. But in this world, because Torah is coming on this massive descent, descent down to this world, yes, it's from a, coming from a high place to a low place, but the actual energy, the Hashem's Torah comes down into this world, and we're able to capture it to a degree in this actual world. Okay, let's stop actually before here. But Hashem and his glory, no thought can comprehend it. So as great as the Tatikim are, and as great as the experience they have in the in the afterworld, let's call it, in the in Ganeda, then no thought can comprehend Hashem. So how much could they possibly get? So how do we so what happens down here? Now the, the altar is finishing off chapter four with a beautiful idea. It's an idea which 
I've kind of already um, talked about over the past two days. When a person does Torah mitzvahs, Hashem encloses themselves inside of the Torah and Hashem are one. And the Torah, as it makes us descend down here, we're able by doing a mitzvah, putting according to Daka, putting on to film and lighting Shabbos, whatever the mitzvah we're involved with, we're doing it and we're able to grasp Hashem. Now, of course, people will say, wait a second, but I don't feel anything. Um, it doesn't. It, it, it's clearly not as great as what's going on in in Shemaim and Ganeid after speaking about away. And the Alter is going to explain it's different. But what goes down, what goes on in this world when we do a mitzvah is beyond whatever could happen in Shemaim. And even though the Torah is in physical things, you say, well, I'm putting a physical coin, but a physical tzedakah box, how much could it be really be? What, how, how can you possibly claim that there's greater elements of that than what happens when a person passes away and they're learning Torah and Shemaim? So says Alter but I'll give you an example. It's like someone that hugs a king. When a person hugs a king, a person's going to say, well, you know what? The truth is, I claimed I hugged the king, but in fact, he was wearing his coat. And underneath, he was wearing a shirt. And you know what? He was wearing an overcoat as well and a robe underneath. And there was so much. The real truth is, I said I hugged the king, but it's not really so truthful. And the person said, you're crazy. Of course he hugged the king. Yes, he had all these coats. He might have 10 layers on top of him, but you hugged the king. Because beneath all of that was the, was the king. Yes, this world is covered with physicality. And of course, there's so much so we can't even see God's presence within us. Yet, God invests himself inside of Torah and And when we do a Torah, when we do it, learning Torah, an element of connecting to Torah or doing the missus which are, which are the commandments of the Torah, we are embracing the king. We're connecting with 100% of the king. Yes, it's covered, but it's 100% of the king. Because the king is inside. If the king hugs the person with his arm, even if, he's, even if the, 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 the has all of his robes, on, well, I didn't really hug, I hugged the arm of the king. He's covered in loads of clothes. And you say, that makes that you hug the king. Like a right hand covers Torah. A right hand is hugged. Hashem's right hand is embracing me. This is total representation. Torah is compared to the right hand. And this, this connection of God hugging us with his right hand is a connection of us connecting to God through Torah, which is Chesed and Mayim. But to summarize, what are we saying? We're talking about the amazing opportunity that a godly soul has. And a godly soul is not about good or evil. A godly soul is just a, let's call it a weapon God has given us to utilize and to connect to Torah That's really a subjective. And how does it employ this? Because Torah has this incredible power being connected to God. So when we're down here in this world, in contrast to the world above, we're in this world dealing with absolute physical things we have the ability to fire up our godly soul and let it connect us to God and let that be a, a, an embrace. And yes, it might seem it's physical and science explains all today, Sonia. That doesn't matter. The physicality is just clothing, layers of clothing in the way of, of, of the actual, let's call it um, the, the, the intimacy of God. At the same time, it's very much hugging the king just as much as a regular hug would be. The clothes make no difference. 
Thank you so much for joining. Tanya, Tanya, Zuli, Mishnah, Shlomo, Yerav, Chanan, Shal, Sabbat, Yosef, Rani, Tzamach, Ben Tzimcha, Shmuel, Daniel, and Fush, Shlomo, Farab, and Chamed, Shusia, Sabbat, Farab, and Shalom, Sarah, Kelav, Chaim, Mashkul, Rachat, Vayalei, Vatiyah, Mdiba, Linoi, Bat, Laat, and anyone else who needs to go Shlomo, have a wonderful and very successful day.